When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles, and welcome to the show. Yay! Today we are in for a mega treat. I'm so grateful to have this precious time with my dear friend Terry Cole. My goodness, Terry is the boundary boss. That's the title of her book. She teaches us how to live well, create healthy boundaries. And if that really scares you, like it scared me in the past, you kind of feel like you might be disappointing people, hurting feelings, these kind of things. Terry has taught me that standing up for yourself and your boundaries is the opposite. This is about creating good relationships, creating a good feeling for yourself and for those in your life and the world as well. Terry is a superstar licensed psychotherapist and global relationship and empowerment expert. For over two decades, Terry has worked with a diverse group of clients that includes everyone from stay-at-home moms to celebrities and Fortune 500 CEOs. She has a gift for making complex psychological concepts accessible. That is true. <laughs> it's all true, but that that's really true. And actionable so that clients and students can achieve sustainable change. For more, see terrycole.com. Enjoy the conversation. Terry Cole, my lovely friend, the boundary boss, empowering us to be boundary bosses ourselves. Oh, thanks for all the work you do and helping us feel better and more safe and secure and free in our lives. I love your book. I love you so much. Can you, Aww. oh my gosh, can you share with us what boundaries are? I feel before I knew you, I, I really didn't even quite understand what they were. So I'm I'm a very beginner. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, you're so not alone though, my friend. Like, I think the reason why I wrote this book is because nobody knows, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously decades ago, I didn't know either. So according to me, um, it, it, a good way to think about it is your boundaries or your own personal rules of engagement, right? It lets other people know what's okay with you and what's not okay with you. And to do that, you must, you know, this is based on your preferences, your limits and your deal breakers, like your non-negotiables when it comes to your relationships, whether it's professional or personal. But here's the thing. You can't just know your preferences, your limits, and your deal breakers. You have to have the ability to clearly and transparently communicate them. Hmm. Oh my gosh. So that's the hard part. That's the hard part. How do we, first of all, figure out, it sounds like a big soul searching. And I know you write this and, and talk about this and it sounds so simple. And I, I, I know it's not simple. It's a real challenge to do. So how do we, first of all, even figure out what we want and, and how to start creating those boundaries? It's, it's, you know, Tara, though, it's a great question because 
so much of the time, many of us, and I know your audience and mine as well, you know, we're very outwardly focused. We want to make sure other people are okay. We want to make sure there's not a problem. There's not a conflict. There's not, there's not something you need to be fixing. So the fact that we don't spend an inordinate amount of time focusing on how we feel or what we want, we were raised that way, right? Think about how we were raised. We were raised to be good girls, to be good boys, right? To be nice, right? You don't want anyone ever thinking you're not nice. And when I was growing up, that's like, that was like the highest virtue you could have is people thinking that you were nice. This is in direct conflict with having healthy boundaries. It doesn't mean you can't be nice and have good boundaries. Of course you can, but we learned that you can't, right? We, we were raised and praised to be self-abandoning codependents, most of us, that's a fact. This is, this is home training. So the first question is, why don't we know? If you're watching this, listening to this, and you feel bad about yourself because you don't know, don't feel bad. Mm. <laughs> this is like trying to be fluent in a language that nobody taught you. You wouldn't feel bad or think that you were def- you had some deficit in some way. You'd be like, oh, dude, I need to learn, which is exactly what this is about. So how do we know where we need boundaries? How do we know the state of our boundaries? Well, there's a couple of things that I suggest, and I walk you through this in the book. The, the first thing that I have people do is of this massive list, the okay and not okay list. So we basically go through all areas of life and we're like, is the way I'm interacting with my partner okay? Do how's our, how we're interacting around money, is that okay or not okay? Like what is working in my life and what is not working? That gives you a place to start. And if that is confusing or feels too overwhelming, you can also simply start by doing a resentment inventory. Mm. Because when we do a resentment inventory, which is basically getting really honest with ourselves, like where are we holding on to resentment and for whom? Usually this means that either a boundary is needed and you have not put it in place, or you put a boundary in place and it's being violated. But something, wherever you're feeling resentful, something needs your attention and something needs to shift. And usually it means a boundary is needed. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. To me, from a movement perspective, those places that are a little bit achy, a little bit stuck, kind of hang out there for a little bit. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I want to ask, I know I'm not alone in this as well. How do you, how would you suggest to me and to people creating and figuring out what boundaries to put on ourselves around how we work? (laughs) Yeah, talk about, you know, a recovering workaholic. I have such good advice there's a couple of things because there's a few ways that we can look at boundaries in a professional way. We want to talk about internal boundaries, meaning how much are you working? When are you working? What are you doing? Are you over-functioning in your job? Are you doing things for other people that they can and should be doing for themselves? Do you feel like you're kind of left holding the bag for other people at times? Are you a workaholic? Meaning, is it very difficult for you to have that delineation between work life and real life? And for those of us, you, me, lots of our girlfriends who have these public platforms and we're, we've got a lot of public facing stuff, it's a personal brand, even though we both teach real things, but yet we are a part of that brand. 
And it can be very challenging, especially when you're an entrepreneur, which we both are, and many people listening and watching are as well, where it feels like if I can do more, I should do more. And what ends up happening, so that's a disordered internal boundary because you can't do that forever. We end up burnt out, exhausted, pissed. We want to blame other people for why we're so tired. Suddenly, rather than, you know, it's funny, rather than being able to look and say, I'm depleted because I choose to work too much or I'm compelled to work so much, it's almost like now suddenly I can see when I'm overworking where I start feeling resentful of other people. I'm like, I can't believe how entitled Betty is asking me to do that. Like, is Betty entitled? Or am I just having difficulty creating a boundary and saying, oh, hey, Betty, I'm done working at six. So anything that comes in after six, I will hit tomorrow. And I start at 11. So, because personally, actually my own personal work boundary is, is no tech, no phone, no social media, nothing until 11 a.m., even though I get up at 6 or 6.30 or 7. So because what? I'm going to work out. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to have coffee outside with my chickens and my husband. I'm going to be in nature. I'm going to clean my kitchen. I'm going to do the things that I need to do that fill up my own bucket. Then when I'm going to work, I'm psyched. I'm raring to go. Rather than overgiving, which I did so much in the past and overworking. When I was a talent agent, it was just a nightmare, the amount of exhaustion. But then something will happen, you know, Tara, like if we don't have those boundaries. For me, I got diagnosed with cancer when I was in my early 30s, when I was still a talent agent. And it was like the universe had been tapping me lightly, had been whispering softly, had been like, hey, man, you need to slow down. You need to take care of yourself. You need to stop smoking. You need to all the things. And I didn't listen. And then suddenly the universe was like, fuck you, I'm throwing you down a flight of stairs called cancer, which is a major wake up call. I'm perfectly healthy now, but that is something that I could have, I could have listened sooner. I clearly couldn't, I didn't. But for many of us, we are just compelled. We're using work to fill up way too much of our time. So um, how you can have better boundaries with that particular type of work boundary is you have to get clear about a cutoff time. You have to have um, a boundary relationship with your phone and with technology and with social media. There has to be, I mean, you need to stop at least two hours before bed, like no screens. I mean, maybe a TV if it's far away from you, but like no looking at the blue light going into your eyes, telling your body to wake up while you're trying to go to bed and really start slowing down in your life. I feel like what statistics have showed us that even throughout the pandemic, right? You have all of these businesses being like, people are going to work from home and take advantage And then statistics tell us that people worked from home and worked like 28% more than they did when they had to commute to an office. So it's not just entrepreneurs who are having this experience of working too much. It's like, I'm just going to check my email one more time before I get to bed, or I'm just going to see if that person got back to me, or if I'm just going to. But we need firm boundaries in place to protect our abundance, to protect our energy, But really, it protects the business because when you get to a burnout, right, you will hit a tipping point if you're working too much. 
where if you don't listen, the universe will throw you down a flight of stairs. I hope it's not the cancer stairs, but it's going to, something's going to happen that's going to make you stop. So it's getting clear about, so how, how, if you guys are listening, watching, and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? I want you to write down what you're doing now, honestly. Do you wake up and look at your phone? Is that the first thing that you do? We're going to not do that anymore. Like we're going to really assess how much time we're spending. There are limits that you can put on your social media timers. I make all my clients have timers on their social media stuff because it's such a time suck. Doom scrolling is really, uh, you know, we really kind of, we're into it. You know what I mean? Like we're, yeah, but we don't want to because it's so depressing. There is so much. You want to have boundaries with the amount of news you're consuming because it's not good to have too much of it. It's very negative. It doesn't mean you can't be informed. Of course you can be informed. But if you are a highly sensitive person, an empath, it is debilitating to repeatedly see very disturbing video, you know, videos and violence and all of that stuff, which we know is happening. You can still do something. Vote, protest, do, do, do your thing, do something. But don't just absorb this negativity because it will, it really does impact you. And that's a boundary as well saying, I'm going to be compassionate with myself and I'm going to make sure that I'm not traumatizing myself on a daily basis by doing this. So that's one set of boundaries is what are you doing? And then changing it, making it more optimal. Don't let your fear mind tell you that you can't start at 11 or whatever if you own your own company. I don't know when you can start, right? But I promise you, you don't need to wake up and look at your freaking phone the first thing in the morning. You don't. Like nothing is happening at that time that you need to do that. So start being more compassionate. Think about yourself as your best friend. What would you think would be an optimal way for your best friend or a kid that you love to work, a grown kid? And then you're going to start to create that for yourself. The other set of boundaries when it comes to work is between people who work for you, people who work with you, people who you work for. Right now, these are all different kinds of boundaries because obviously when there's a power differential, right, a boundary that you would set with a subordinate or a coworker is going to be different than a boundary that you're going to set with a boss, right? Because if someone has the power to fire you and there's certain things in your job description, then it doesn't matter how you feel. Like I wouldn't make, I wouldn't make the boundary request, right? To the boss about, I don't like your tone of voice, right? You know what I mean? That's different than with a coworker where it could be appropriate to do that. But I always have my clients, especially my entrepreneur clients, we pull together and this is actually, I'll give this as a gift to your audience, which will be, it's like boundaries at work. How do we do it? Letting people know the best way to communicate with you, right? I own my company, so we all do voice notes because that's what I want to do. You can have a preference somewhere else, but not here because I own this place. So you know what I mean? Where people will be like, well, shouldn't we be inclusive? No, man, this is <laughs> my business. Get your own company, run it any way you want to. You know, so people know if I hire you and you live in Europe, you work on New York hours. If that doesn't work for you, then I won't hire you. And that's not even being mean. That's just being super transparent so that I end up with the right people on my team and everyone's expectations are managed. People don't feel like they got bamboozled into something that they don't want to do. So getting really clear about how long does it take you to get back to, you know, so if someone, client gets in touch with me, we always have allow 24, 48 hour turnaround time. So 
every place that you can manage someone else's expectation and be super transparent, we take that, we do that because that's having healthy boundaries. And we're being proactive by avoiding the problems that come when we do this. You know, this uh, it's called positive projection, where we make these assumptions that other people are like us. (laughs) (laughs) But P.S. they're not. And that doesn't, that's not even good or bad. Like, I'm not even saying they're better or worse than us. They're just not us. So we must communicate what it is that works for us. If you have someone who's trying to dump their work onto you, and maybe in the past you've done it, you've got to be honest with yourself. When you're doing an assessment of what's happening for you at work, you have to go, I don't want Bob dumping his reports on me anymore. So we have the conversation. Oh, hey, Bob, I, I used to be willing to do this. I no longer have the bandwidth to do it, so I'm handing these back to you. So I'd like to make a simple request that you do them yourself as they are your reports, right? So the language that we can come up with, it gets easier and easier as you do it, but you have to visualize how you want it to be rather than being so afraid of having a hard conversation. Like what you will discover and what I've heard from, oh my God, tens of thousands of people from the book and courses is how much more resilient they are than they thought they were and how much less scary. Like in the beginning, it's scary when you start to change your boundary dance with people, especially already established relationships. It's like scary because you know what? They're going to notice that you're suddenly doing something Mm. different, right? And if they've been benefiting from you having disordered boundaries, they're going to be like, what's the problem? Like, why don't you want to do it Or, or, or whatever? And you don't owe them an explanation. You can give context if you want to, but visualize that you have a right to figure out your life, design your life so that it is aligned with what you want and how you feel. And many of us were taught that we should prioritize other people above ourselves. I was talking to someone the other day and she was like, yeah, and the Girl Scouts, that, I don't know, I wasn't a Girl Scout, but she said, I was a Girl Scout all my life. And that, that was like one of the mottos is like others above self. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we, we all got that message. But what that does is it makes us like feel used mm. by other people, you know? Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Something that just came up to me, which I thought was just kind of mind-blowing about this, because it, it can be scary for me, this idea of boundaries. And, you know, since I've met you, I've been working on it quite a bit and seeing lots of changes. But when I notice you, like I'm, I'm going to talk to you, I respect you, 
partially, well, you're my friend and everything, but I respect you because you have healthy boundaries. So it makes me respect myself more. And just an email the other day, somebody I work with, I offered him some yoga videos that, that we have. And he wrote back to me, I've never met him before. And he said, you know, yoga is not really my thing. It's totally cool. I love that you do it. Some other people at our organization would love to have the videos. Do you mind if I pass it along? And immediately I, I didn't feel rejected. I didn't feel upset or bummed. I didn't feel like I even needed to convince him that he should really give it a try. I just automatically <laughs> respected the decision. And this work that you teach is so deep on actual self-care, actual well-being and healing relationships as well, that it makes me less scared of my fear of creating boundaries like I'm going to mess something up. I'm going to do something wrong. I'm not going to be as productive because I know intellectually at least, and then through my experiences that it heals myself and heals this relationship. So is that something that you hear a lot from, from folks when they start doing this work? Yeah. And how, how it deepens the intimacy in their relationships, because, you know, Tara, what you said is so, is really profound that you said, you know, that I'm a straight shooter, right? Cause I'm a boundary boss. You know, I'm a, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And if I don't want to do it, I'll tell you. And you, you know that I'll be honest with you. And so what you're really saying and what is true is that when we are transparent and communicate our preferences, our limits and our deal breakers, which are our boundaries, which happen to be the things that actually make us uniquely ourselves. We are emotionally trustworthy folks. So what happens is people trust you because you're trustworthy. And it it's not about being nice. Like I would, I am also nice, but I am first and foremost honest. And I don't mean honest, like I'm going to tell someone I don't like their haircut. I mean, I will tell the truth about how I feel about something in a kind and loving way. And I expect that how I feel and what I think should matter. Certainly to the people if they expect that they're going to be in my life. They don't need to understand it or agree with it, but they have to care about how I feel. And I think that we've been so habituated and sort of indoctrinated into this belief that we should prioritize how other people feel above the way that we feel, which doesn't make sense because here's the thing. It isn't like you can't take into consideration how someone else feels, right? You're in a long-term relationship. I'm in a long-term relationship. Of course, I always think about Vic, my husband, when I'm making decisions. Of course, how he feels matters so very much to me, but how I feel matters so very much to me as well. And so in long-term relationships, you find a way to compromise. What's more important if we're deciding on something together, if it's, you know, I'll say, how important is this to you? And if he says it's important, I'm like, done. Can't wait to do it. It's going to be amazing. Whatever the thing is that I don't want to do. <laughs> but, but I really like him. Right. And I really, his happiness, if me going to some stupid event with him is going to make him happy, I'm happy to do it. And I won't go begrudgingly. Right. And I won't go to check a box and torture him. I will go and I will have an amazing time. But because we can have that honest conversation, if it's something I don't want to do and he doesn't care, he'll say, Oh, no, this is going to be terrible. You don't want to do this. It's fine. And I'm like, Thank you for not making me. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> But that's good boundaries, you know? 
That's awesome. So I'm sure everybody's dealing with this in some way or another, but I've been here in Illinois for a little while. And then all of a sudden this month, I've been New York, LA, New York, now Germany, mm-hmm. and then Florida. And it's back on all of a sudden full on and probably even more full on because there's just more things happening and maybe more people are excited to go and attend and all of this. So again, selfishly and (laughs) in a useful way, hopefully for other people too, not just me, but how can we thrive in this going backness to being busy and seeing people and doing all of the exciting things, but also creating those healthy boundaries as we go? That's such a good question, Tara. And it's not just you. I'm getting this from so many people in the world. Part of it is I want everybody to think about what was good about the pandemic for you? Were there gems in that crap stew that if you really were willing to get your hands dirty, you can find them? I used to be someone who was like, I I must go to a gym to work out. I can only work out in classes at the gym. That's it. Well, Obviously that changed. And I am now very proud, work at home, trampoline jumper. And, you know, I I do my thing at home and I love it. And I'm keeping that. I don't miss being in my car for an hour to get to my gym and back and wasting all the gas and all the things. So that's something that I'm keeping. Slowing down, right? We had a collective pause that none of us probably would have chosen but the universe really thought we needed it. And that collective pause created this expansion. So I want you to think about what are you taking from that experience and then bring it with you. So if your yoga practice, your meditation practice got really great during the pandemic, make sure to bring it with you when you start traveling. Remember to meditate on the plane hydrate, do all the things in service of being able to enjoy the what you're now, we're able to do this again, right? We weren't able to do this for a long time. You always traveled a lot for the past many years and then stayed put for this period of time. And same with me. It's exciting for it to open up and keep it, keep it slowed down, right? Like we don't have to get sucked into the, that whirlwind of all the things. And here's the thing. You may have reassessed. I don't mean you personally. I mean, people listening, right? Many people, many therapy clients, many people in my courses reassessed relationships in their life. They were like, I had one person just straight up say, I had a friend. She went somewhere else to, during the pandemic, it was someone who probably put in more of the effort. I didn't talk to her for a year and a half, almost totally. And I literally didn't miss her at all. Mm. And now she's back and wants to pick up where she thinks we left off. Mm. And like, I don't want to. How do you handle that? You know? And I'm like, well, you know how you feel and you have to decide, can I have a less intense, more of an acquaintance friendship with this person? Is there a reason you, you want no contact? And she said, no. And I was like, okay. Then, then slow it down. And if she's like, oh, let's go back to our Tuesday margarita nights. If you don't want to do that, you can say, you know, I'm actually not interested in doing that. But why don't we try to have lunch once a month? Be honest about what you can do. We don't have to be brutally honest, right? We don't have to say, I didn't miss you for a year and a half. That is not necessary. But it's also 
not necessary to spend a lot of time with someone that you don't enjoy. And it actually is better to say, you know what, I've outgrown this friendship than it is to go back to the self-abandonment that happens when we remain the people pleaser, but we're really not choosing things in our highest good. So, and a lot of people, things change for them around others because of vaxxing, not vaxxing, masking, not masking, all the political crap that went down. So a lot of people are still very bruised and sort of injured from their experiences. So give yourself space. You know, if some of those folks in your life, if you had a difficult time and they want to like pick up where you left off and think everything's going to be exactly the same, you're allowed to be like, oh, hey, this is like the beginning of something new for me. And I'm actually keeping my schedule pretty open and I'm keeping it slow because I really like that pace. We don't need to explain to people. It's fine and very loving to give context, right, about what's happening so someone can understand. But keep in mind, you are the mother effing boss of you. And if you're not, someone else will be. So we got to really get with that. Like how you feel matters. It doesn't matter who, like meaning who's in your VIP section of your life. You are the only one making that guest list. You're the bouncer. You're putting up the rope or you're not and letting anybody in and then feeling like you have to twist yourself up in a pretzel for anybody. And you don't. It's okay to be selective. Discernment is a skill and you have every right to do that. And I'm not saying we need to break up with everyone in the world, but slow down and be honest with yourself about how you want to spend your time. Who fills up your bucket? What are your mutual relationships with people as David G would say, my friend, you know, who's in your front row? Who wants you to win? And who are just obligatory relationships your third cousin once removed who thinks you're best friends and you're not? You know, like stop spending time with Betty. Mm. Like you don't have to, even if your mother's going to guilt you into it, you don't have to. Because one thing we know from the pandemic, you know, Tara, like this shit is limited. Our time on earth is finite this time around, right? If you believe in multiple lives. So every moment is precious. You know, a, a friend of mine, and I think you knew, did you know Patricia Moreno? Yeah, yeah. Not as well as you, but yeah. So she passed at the end of December and her death really hit me hard. Like I, I'm still like crying, like I love her. And I know, I know she's transitioned. I have so many friends who are mediums and, you know, mm, wow. like she's, not, she's okay. She's doing great. She's helping from the other side, but still so brutal. And one of our friends from Soul Camp, Allie, one of the founders of Soul Camp, said she had a dream. We were doing a, a video memorial, like a virtual memorial, like months ago. And she said, in the dream, I was crying. And Patricia came to me and was like, Allie, this is amazing. And she's like, why is this amazing? She's like, babe, you're still on earth. You get to live. You get to live. Like live your life. And I'm, that has been my mantra since Allie shared that with us, where like we get to live. Let's not let these small things and our fear of a confrontation keep us in crappy relationships forever or keep us doing stuff that we don't want to do, you're going to, this this time is going to end. You want to do it really doing the stuff that is in your highest good because that's when you will be 
the most good and be of most service to the world. You know what I mean? Wow, I just went off on a whole tangent, but... <laughs> oh, that was so beautiful. Yeah, huge, huge message from Patricia. My gosh, I think that that really brings it home. I mean, your work has always made me stand up a little straighter for myself. And that's, it's so profound. It's, it's self-care without the the fuzzy packaging of it in this way. And, yes. and we all really need it. This is self-care for everyone. If you do this work and I am not a master at it, but I really try and I really go back and, and re- reassess and reevaluate and I do better and I see massive improvements in my life every time I even think about you and do the things. So I know if I stay on the path of improvement, I will continue to get better. And yes. it's completely transformative. So thank you so much, Terry. Sure. Um, I have a gift for you guys. So I'm going to tell you where you can find it. This is um, about boundaries and codependency. Because I feel like this is something that we all really struggle with. And it's like a video and a a guide. I think you guys will love it. You go to boundaryboss.me forward slash feel good. Oh, amazing. I'm going there right now. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) I hope you feel better, feel excited and empowered, have some great ideas to start creating those healthy boundaries for yourself and for your life. We're here for a short time. So profound, all of these lessons, my goodness. So if you're new to Terry, where you been? TerryCole.com. You can pick up your copy of the best-selling book, Boundary Boss, and get with the program of connecting to yourself, respecting yourself, and feeling better. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.